Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you that that makes everything so much better. And I'm grateful that we have a place in here, Lord, that we can freely get into your presence. And my ask this morning is that we would know your presence. And not just around us, but we would know it in us. So whatever would keep that from happening, I pray that it would be removed this morning and there would just be a, a freedom and there would be a welcoming to the things you want to say, the things you want to show. Help me share your word this morning, Lord. Help me to be, uh, help it to be something that absolutely glorifies you and, and brings truth um, to your kids this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, anybody know what day it is t- today? Anybody know what the date is by any chance? The 17th. 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Six days. <laughs> Six days till my birthday. Um, that's part of the sermon this morning. So, um, yes, it's because the Lord loves me, and um, that's why I'm sharing that with you, because I want you guys to love me as well. So, uh, anyhow, um, I, I hope the short videos that we're watching here kind of help maybe understand a little bit more about what the Bible says and what it's talking about. And, um, you know, I, I feel like sometimes when we hear it, we see it, you know, uh, we read it, it just kind of begins to grow more in us, right? So, um, so my hope is that as we see these three different ways and kind of understanding as we're going through the book of Luke, that maybe it just begins to reside a little bit more and you begin to understand and see a little bit more of what it might be saying to you and not just what it says in general. So uh, last week we talked in the first part of the book and we were talking about, um, we were talking about uh, John being being born and, and, and Zechariah being told. And, and we saw several things happen there that I think um, we'll kind of see them tie a little further today as we finish the second, uh, the second half of the first chapter. And so let's just kind of take off and, and go there. And we're going to start in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to the man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So let's kind of just see something here really quick. And 
we're recognizing again here that God is showing up or an, an, an angel is showing up just like he did to Zechariah. And when we read in the first part, we saw that he came to a guy who was righteous and obeyed the commands of the Lord. And now we're seeing again this girl named Mary, and we're seeing a similar thing being said that you are greatly favored and the Lord is with you. And as I read that, guys, and I just see that there's something, there's something that, I, that I began to flush out through the rest of this chapter that we're going to see, and I'm going to try to kind of maybe, maybe throw out and, and see if we can catch what's going on here, but there's something about God that he always affirms the people he uses. He affirms them. Why is that so important? Why is that something we kind of need to draw out? Because I think there's something about affirmation that each and every one of us need. Anybody, ever, anybody in here ever get an attaboy? Right? When I played sports, the thing to do, and I don't know why this happens, and today people might get in trouble for it, but you get a, you get a smack on the butt. It was kind of like a, yeah, woo, testosterone's high, you know, guy comes up to you and <laughs> you're like, woo. Normally, if anyone else would do that to you in any other situation, you'd kind of be like, we're fighting. But in that context, you kind of, it, it happens and you just kind of go, yeah, 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 that means I'm good, right? But there's something about affirmation, guys. There's just something about when someone comes alongside of you and affirms you. It just makes you feel good. And I love that both times that God comes and he sends his angel, he starts off with this affirmation. He starts off by saying, I see you. I know who you are. And I know that you follow me. I know that you trust me. I know that you are following my commands. And Let's just be honest, guys. If any of you in here heard that directly from the angel, from an, from an angel the Lord has sent, or if the Lord directly spoke that over you, imagine how that would make you feel. Imagine what would begin to happen in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind to know that you stood right before God. Some of you just kind of sunk in and you kind of thought, yeah, that would feel pretty good because you know what affirmation feels like. You know that you have, and most of us as human beings, guys, we have an emotional need of affirmation. There's nothing better than when someone comes alongside of you and says, good job. As a mom, I'm not a mom, but I have a wife who is a mom, and there's nothing cooler than when my kids go to my wife and say, Mom, thank you. Because all those other moments when they take for granted and they make you feel like you're the worst mom ever and all this stuff, and that one moment when that comes along and you're affirmed the way you want to be, it's life-changing. It's life-shaping. And I love that that's what happens here. I love that that's what begins, that we begin to see in this moment, that we begin to see this sense of God coming in and beginning to affirm his people. 
And I think there's something that you and I, and some of you sitting here today, you've known this affirmation. You've heard that bespoke over you. And there's some of you maybe saying, you know what? I don't know that I've ever heard that. And I want to say something to you this morning that maybe you don't know or maybe you haven't understood, but he sees you and he knows you. And not only that, he calls you his own this morning. You're his kid. That's who you are. That's, that's who you have identity in. And you were affirmed that way this morning. Let's go a little further here and we'll get in verse 31. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Let's kind of see what happens here and kind of pause here for a second because I think there's another spot here where God always gives specific details to those he affirms. This is very specific here, guys. This is very much to a point. And I love that we serve a God of details. I love that God is very specific in what he says because not only are we reading something here and we can only, we can at times just look at Mary. We can just look at Mary and say, wow, this is a cool thing that's about to happen to her. Oh my gosh, something like this has never happened. The thing about it is this was spoken way before this was going to happen and this was the way it was supposed to happen and now we're seeing it happen because we serve a God of details. And sometimes you and I, guys, we want the big picture, we want this thing, but we got to be reminded that God is a God of details. He's a God of dotting I's. He's a God of crossing T's. He's a God of making sure that everything is together before the big thing happens. And I know that's a struggle for some of us. I know for some of us, we live in this world today that we want it now. We need it now. Anybody ever have fast food? Anybody in here? Not this, a very healthy group of people in here, right? No McDonald's eaters or Bud's not in here, is he, right? No, Bud, Bud's. I've never seen anybody eat McDonald's like that guy before. Um, pretty intense um, to say the, wow, incredible. I've watched him eat 100 chicken nuggets. Anybody ever do that? 100 in one sitting. During the Super Bowl, that's kind of like his thing. I've also seen him and Zach eat 266 shrimp each. Mind-blowing. But that's how we live, guys, right? We live in this fast food environment. What's your thought when you're driving home and you're hungry, right? You have this, you kind of have this thing back and forth. I can go home and cook and, you know, eat like in about an hour 
maybe an hour and a half, depending upon what I'm making and what it's going to take to get it all done, or in a matter of 4.2 seconds, I can drive through the drive-through, say what I want, this magic window opens up, I get what I want, and I can start eating right now, right? And I think we've been indoctrinated that way, and I think we've been taught that so much that that's how we view God now. That's how we view the way we want God to be. We want him right now. But then he says, slow down. Because there's some things that I want to put together. There's some things that I want to do here. There's a process here that I'm trying to create because I want you to with to be able to, 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 to handle. I want you to be able to carry. I want you to be able to run with what it is I'm about to give you. And here's the details that have to go along with it. And we're seeing that right here. We're seeing this being spoken over Mary in this process. We're seeing that there's something very specific that God's going to do, and this is the way that I want it to be done. And too often, you and I, God speaks to us, and he's, man, I, I promise you, He's very specific in the way he wants to get something done. He's very specific in the way this should happen. But you and I take it, and as soon as we take it, we have a better idea. We have a better way. And that way typically is a faster way. Man, but guys, too often when you and I begin to do it the way we want to do it, what we're really doing is sabotaging his ultimate plan. We're sabotaging it. And some of us, unfortunately, you might be sitting in here this morning and, you've walked in, and you're walking out a sabotaged plan. And you're wondering and you're, and, and, and you're just confused of, how did I get here? How did this happen? Why is this going on? Because maybe along the process of the details that God told you and talked to you about and was trying to show you, you took it, did something else, and sabotaged it. But what's so good about God is he takes those sabotages, guys, and he'll re-communicate those details to you all over again. And he'll give you another chance. And some of us in here, we're on our third and fourth chance, and he's still trying and maybe, guys, just maybe, there's got to be a time where, where you and I submit to what he's finally saying. Because I would hope that we're getting tired of the sabotage. I would hope that we're getting tired of ending up in the same place or finding ourselves in the same situations that maybe by now we would finally say, God, I need to trust your plan and I want to submit to what you're doing and I want to see it out completely because I would rather have what you have and what you're trying to give me than what I believe I can create on my own. And there's something so good about what Mary says here. There's something so great that she says at the end of this, it says, Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. He affirms her, gives her this detail. And she hears it. And this is some pretty heavy stuff, guys. This isn't simple. She is going to birth Jesus. 
How do you think in that moment she felt that load of responsibility that just kind of fell on top of her? I am going to be carrying the son of God. And I'm just a young girl. So first of all, I don't even know what it is to be a mom. I don't even know what it is to raise kids. And now you're telling me Jesus is going to be within me. What a load she probably walked away, just kind of overwhelmed. And in all that overwhelming, her response was, God, let it happen. And what a response and what an example, guys, that it should be to, to us to be able to say, when God speaks, that I would be open to say, God, whatever it is you want to do, let it be. And if it's going to cost me something, if it's going to make me have to change something, if I'm going to have to do something different, God, let it be. And that's really what Mary was saying. That's what she was saying in this whole conversation, in her response. That's all she was trying to say to him was, whatever you want to do, I'll do it. I'll submit to it. I I I will make sure that it happens to the best that I possibly can, God. And I think, guys, that's what he wants from us. And there's this word that's going to come out of this all the time and and a word that we're going to continue to see over and over and over as we read more of this book. And it's this wonderful word of obedience. That are we willing and can we be obedient to what God calls us to do? And that's the biggest question that you and I will have to answer every day of our life is am I willing and am I willing to be submitted to be obedient to what God has called me to do, guys? Because on the other side of obedience is where we see the fulfillment of the promises that God has for us. It's not before, it's not in the middle, it's on the other end where we begin and we'll see everything that God has for us. But are we willing to walk it out and we're willing to be obedient to what he has for us? So pay attention to the details. Pay attention to everything he says. And in verse 39, we'll finish some more here. He says, at the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. There's something else here, guys, this thing of affirmation. When you and I are affirmed, affirmation declares, it leads to declaration and to praise. 
See, there's something about affirmation, guys, that, that takes us to places that we've never been because we begin to experience things we've never experienced. We begin to live in joy. We begin to live in peace. We begin to live in all of these fruits that God's called out for us. As we are affirmed in who we are in him, we have to begin to declare what he wants to do and what he's going to do. The same thing happened with Zechariah. The same thing happened before when we spoke and, 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 and the angel appeared and, and he started talking uh, about his son John that was going to be born. There was a declaration that needed and began to happen within him. And we need to be those people like we see here, guys. Elizabeth was so excited that she had, was in the presence of the one that was going to be bringing the Messiah, comes in that even her baby inside of her womb, who was John, got excited as well. And the only thing she could do by being in the presence of God was begin to declare who he was. And there's some of us, I don't know that we've learned how to declare yet. I don't know that we've learned to understand that there's stuff that we need to stand on. There's stuff that we need to believe. There's sometimes you just need to say out loud that you believe who God is. And there's sometimes you just need to declare that you trust what he's going to do. It just needs to be a declaration that you and I make. It's something here because declaration then follows praise. And you and I, in the culture that we live in, we love to be praised but find it hard to praise others. And if you don't know this about Jesus and you don't know this about our God, he loves the praises of his people. And there's something about praise, guys. There's something about getting loud before the Lord to let him know how much he loves us and how much we love him that just opens your heart to understand who he is and what he's trying to speak over you. And I think there's something about this, guys. There's something about declaring this praise. You know that... Um, I remember many years ago when I came to know Jesus and I went to church for the first time and we were worshiping as we did a little, uh, just a few minutes ago. And I remember standing in church and people standing up singing, raising their hands. And I just looked around at everybody and was like, what are these people doing? There is not a rock band. This isn't a concert that I'm at, but yet these people are doing this. And then shortly after that, I was at a, uh, I was at a high school basketball game. And I was sitting in the stands and uh, I was um, watching my, my old high school play. And I remember acting a fool in the stands, rooting for my team, just belligerently stupid, just, yeah, go T-Birds, blah, you know, just lost my voice and all this stuff. 
And you know God speaks to you in the weirdest of times? You know God shows up in moments where you're not expecting him to show up sometimes? I'm in this gym. I'm praising my team. And all of a sudden he says, why don't you praise me like that? And of course, I had to clear my ears out real quick because I was like, God's not saying that to me because I really don't understand what you're saying to me right now because I'm not sure that I comprehend it. Why are you saying this to me right right now? And I'm having this, this game's going on, everyone's cheering, all this stuff, and I'm in this moment of by myself having this conversation going on in my heart and in my mind. And I have this picture of church going on with all these people standing, praising, and worshiping. And I also am looking at myself, looking like an idiot, shouting into this basketball team that could really care less about whether they win or they lose. But I'm I'm declaring and I'm praising them as if they are some type of God. And I'm in the middle here watching this go back and forth. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of went, I get it. That's why they stand up. That's why they're lifting their hands. Because they are declaring and they're praising who their God is. And from that moment on, guys, that changed my worship experience. It changed the way that I approached God. I remember being in worship services and and being a little louder, clapping a little louder, even moving my body a little bit and you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Feeling it, getting it, you know, coming in, just the, it's moving and all of a sudden you're just like, oh yeah, And I tell you what, if you move your body in worship, the Holy Spirit hits you harder. I'm just putting that out there for you, okay? You can test it later if you want. You can do it when you're at home if you want, just to try it. But I promise you, it's going to begin to happen more often. Just letting you go. You're going to be in the car. Just kind of getting it, you know, just getting it. All of a sudden, people watching you be like, I'm just praying the Lord. Just pray, just pray. <laughs> but guys, there's something that this, decla- this declaration as you and I are affirmed in, in him that cannot be held. The baby within her womb jumped. Oh, I, I, I remember the first time that my son kicked. And I thought it was weird because my wife's stomach went, you know, kind of made this. And then it moved and went in his hand. It's like, aliens. But to imagine that being in the presence of God, John in the womb was trying to declare that you are my God. You are my God. And I'm standing in your presence right now. And I'm going to praise you from the womb. Ah. Guys, there's something there. There's something about that that you and I need to get and we need to catch and we need to understand that there's a declaration that we need to begin to make, that there's a praise that we need to begin to give like we never have because it's in those moments, guys, as you declare and as you praise, the louder you get and the more you understand 
the greater you'll believe the things that he's spoken to you and the things he's asking of you to do. Now, we're going to skip a little bit here because we, we, the, this next part is John's born. And um, there's something about this that I think is going to maybe help us catch another piece here of what affirmation does. And there's something here that I want us to kind of see. So John's born, and there's something cool about this part of the story because they weren't going to name him John because typically in the tradition was your firstborn took the name of, of the father or took the name of somebody in the family, and John was not a part of the family name. John was not something that they were going to name him. And remember in Zechariah, and I remember when, when we said this, the angel came to him and he told him to shut up. So this whole time that Elizabeth's been pregnant, he's been writing everything on a tablet and like saying, I'm hungry, you know, <laughs> hasn't said a word. And we're still in this, in this same spot here. Now, Elizabeth, it's time for him to be born. And they say, well, what are you going to name him? And she says, John. And everyone looks around and says to her, why John? His name is not John, talking about Zechariah. And they're looking at each other and going, no, it's, his name is going to be John. And then Zechariah says, give me the tablet. Let me write something on it. And he writes the name John on it as well. So now everyone says, okay, his name is John. That's what it's going to be. John's born. And then something very cool happens, guys, after this. Zechariah has not spoken for nine months. For nine months, He's been quiet. Then he says his father in verse 67. He says his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the most high. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of, of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in, though, and, and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Affirmation releases gifts in God's kids. So Zechariah wasn't speaking, guys. Nine months quiet, son's born, he's able to speak. And the first thing that he does is he begins to prophesy. Prophecy is a gift from the Lord. Prophecy is what the Bible speaks of as one of the gifts that's offered to us through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. 
God sees, uh, Zechariah sees God's promise fulfilled. He waited. He was obedient, kept his mouth shut, guys, for nine months. Some of us can't even do it for nine minutes. Nine months, mouth shut, couldn't talk. Through the process, he keeps seeing all of the details that God is speaking of confirmed one after another. Wife gets pregnant. Mary gets pregnant. All these things begin to happen. There's this affirmation that, it, that, that, that he knows and that he sees. And because of his obedience, gift gets released. Now, guys, let's, let, let's just put it all out here right, right now, right? Don't we want the gift first? Come on, say yes, yes, yes. Don't be all holy right now and go, no, 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 I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait, no. You want the gift now. You want the gift first. Because if God gives me the gift first, then I can do what he tells me to do. Oh, wow, right? What if we said this, guys? What if we said this? What if we said that, I bet some of you have already been given gifts. What are you doing with them? What are you doing with them? I hope so. Yes. Some of us, we're using them. Some of us have them, but we're still waiting for God to do something else so we can use them. But I love this right here, guys. I love that even before this gift was evident or was given to him, he was being obedient all the way along. And right in the moment where he needed something, where, where something was given to him because of his obedience, he receives this gift and speaks this prophetic word over his son declaring who God was, declaring what promises he had for him and declaring what he was going to do for his people. And man, guys, I know God wants to give us some gifts. I know God wants to pour those gifts out on us. I know that he wants to because he says that he will. He says that he's going to. But could we just maybe be obedient with the things he's given to us right now so when those gifts come, we'll really use them. We'll really activate them. We'll really express them the way they need to be expressed. And can I also say, th say this to us this morning? Is that if you're waiting for a gift to assume some type of title, you might not ever get that gift. Because if you think that having a title declares you to be something more, it really doesn't. And the church has done a, uh, this kind of weird thing about giving people titles with gifts that God's given them. And now we live in the identity of our title instead of the identity of who we are in him. What I mean by that? You ever heard somebody declare themselves as a, a prophet? Somebody declare themselves as an apostle. Somebody declare themselves as a pastor. I'm a, I'm a pastor. Okay. Do you have magic powers because you're a pastor? Do you put your pants on different than me, pastor? No. 
I don't, but there's some of us guys that we end up living in the identity of the gift that we have that we never really begin to see what we're gonna use those gifts for because we're so tied up. We're so lost at times in what that gift is that we just have forgotten that who we are as a son and a daughter of Christ. And that is more important than anything else. Do I think there's, in this room, do I believe that there's some highly gifted people? Absolutely. Do I believe in this room that there's people that are doing amazing things with their gifts? Absolutely. But I also know that there's people in this room right now who you're waiting for a gift and you're not being obedient to what God's called you to. And you want those gifts to come and you want those gifts to happen. Begin to walk out the obedient word that God has already spoken to you, the things he's already proclaimed over you, the things that he's called you to a long time ago, make sure you're completing them and the I's are being dotted and the T's are are being crossed in order that you would affirm and be able to see the gifts that he has in store for you. Because he does. He does. They're there. They're They're happening. They're going to happen greater. They're going to develop further. And the reason why he's going to give you these gifts and the reason why he might not have them for you right now is because are you wanting them to be used for you? Are you wanting them to be used to touch others? Because God doesn't give his gifts for you to become some type of trick and pony show, guys. That's not why you've been given gifts. You've been given gifts so others would see what you know and others would respond to what, is, to, to what God is speaking over them. If you ever use a gift or see somebody using their gift and they're receiving more praise than God is, I wouldn't welcome the gift. Because when a gift is released, it's for the praise and glory of God and not for the praise and glory of a man or a woman. It's not. So there's something here, I think, that we see through the end of this chapter here, guys, that God affirms his people. He affirms them because he wants to declare who he is and wants us to praise who he is so his gifts would be released upon his kids for the sake of the world. For the sake of the world, and you have a part to play in that. You have something that you have been called to. You have something that God has spoken to you because there's someone else who needs to hear it. My my wife, and I'll end with this. My wife had something pretty amazing happen this uh, past week. I um, this Monday, I went to San Diego for a couple of days to go to a conference and had the opportunity. My father-in-law lives in San Diego, and um, I needed a place to stay. So my wife called my father-in-law and said, hey, my husband's coming into town. Would it be okay if he stayed with you? And um, he said uh, he said yes, and then he had a, and then she asked, do you have a car that, that he could borrow? And he said yes, and Going to my father-in-law's house, guys, is awesome. My father-in-law lives in a very big house. The car I got to borrow, BMW. Nice. Awesome. 
My, father, my father-in-law has a lot of great things, but the one thing that my wife didn't meet her dad till she was 24 years old. And most of her life, she's lived um, feeling fatherless. Uh, when she came to know Jesus and, 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 and that, uh, she, she really, the, the Lord became her daddy in a major way. So she's asking him about this and all of this and her dad, not a believer to my knowledge, he says, honey, can I, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? And, and, and he says, and she says, yeah, yeah, not, not even about to imagine what he's about to say. He says, honey, I, I need to let you know. And I need to let, have you forgive me because I abandoned you. And I'm watching this conversation as my wife is talking and it went from like, this normal conversation to my wife all of a sudden got quiet. And I start to see her eyes tear up. And I'm wondering, like, did somebody die? Or he's a cancer survivor, so I thought maybe he's telling her he's got cancer again, you know, and all this. And, and she quietly gets off the phone, and I said, honey, what, what just happened? eyes full of tears and she just says my dad just told me to forgive him for abandoning me now let me let me tell you how this all kind of works in because many years ago my wife prayed about this many years ago my wife prayed for a reconciliation between her and her dad many years ago guys we're talking we're both about to be 46 years old. The last 20 plus years of my wife's life have lived in a place of feeling fatherless, a feeling like she had no one to call daddy except Jesus. And she gets this phone call. And I believe this with all my heart, guys. I believe this and know this. Because my wife has been a person of obedience, because my wife has been a person who has walked out the details that God has spoken to her, her prayers, a prayer has finally been answered. And I saw something in my wife that I don't think I've ever seen before. I saw something in my wife the other day that I've never seen in her eyes the other day. And it was this affirmation. It was this declaration. It was this knowing that she was loved and didn't need to feel abandoned any longer. See, guys, there's some of us in here this morning who you feel that very same way. You feel abandoned. You feel like, where's God? 
Where's my friends? Where's my family? Where's, where's all the good stuff? Because I've only seen bad stuff. I've only seen the, the other side of what everyone else doesn't talk about. That's what I've seen. And this morning, guys, I want to let you know. I want to let you know that you are loved. I want to let you know that you are accepted. I want to let you know that God sees you and you have found favor in his eyes. You have found favor in his eyes. Now, would you declare this morning and would you declare with me this morning that I will do whatever it is you want me to do, God? I will do whatever it is you want me to do because I know I'm yours. Because I know I'm yours. Is that last screen not able to come up? The one with two questions on it? We're going to start doing something and it's going to tie into some more things that, that we'll be doing as we meet in our life groups and, and, and we walk out a value that we have here of discipleship. And I'm going to ask this question every single week or whoever's up here that's going to be teaching is from this point forward, I'm going to ask these two questions. What did the Holy Spirit speak to you today? And you can... Jot that down, maybe make a note in your phone so you don't forget because I promise you when you leave these doors and life starts and you go on your business, you're going to forget what God said to you. So write something down. And I believe this about the Lord when he speaks is we talked about Luke and we're talking about this affirmation, but I promise you there's somebody in here right now, there's many of you in here where God just spoke to you about something completely else but he spoke to you, but he spoke to you. And I want you to understand that he spoke to you. Then the second question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Over our next season as we are in life groups and we are developing further relationship through our life groups. And if you're not in a life group, you need to get in a life group because we're going to really flush these things out a little bit more. We're going to really get to places within ourselves to, to know that we hear from God. Some of you walk out of this room every Sunday thinking you have gas because of the thoughts that run through your head. No way God just said that. No way that was something from, from God. That's just my mind playing tricks on me or something. Guys, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's speaking to you. And I want us to be more active in recognizing it. Because some of you this morning would say, you know what? I've never heard God speak. And I promise you, you have. You just didn't either. You didn't like what he said or you didn't think what he said was for you. And a lot of times, the second part of this is we don't do anything with it. So then those words really die. Those words really go and they get pushed aside. 
But I want you to write something down. Write something down. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you've called us your own. Lord, thank you that you know every single situation that's going on in this room right now and you have spoken to it. You have spoken to it. So I'm asking for ears to hear and hearts to accept right now what that would be and what that is. I'm asking, Lord, that you would just declare your promises over your kids this morning and that we would praise you for them. That we would praise you for them, God. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you. And I declare that, Lord, with all my heart this morning. Because you are so good and so faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.